All right, let's do this one last time. My name is Drew Dodger, and for the last couple months, I've been doing a podcast with my good buddy, Jacob Heron. While we love film in general, with us being artists and all, we have a fascination with animation, and we decided to start an audio podcast after we both geeked out over the animated Transformers movie. We're not perfect, we've gotten names wrong, and we don't always agree on movies. But at the end of the day, we try to bring an informative and entertaining show to you all. And we'd like to welcome you to The Cellcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Cellcast. Joining me this morning is a man who's perpetually perplexed by a Rubik's Cube, Jacob. Why, thank you. And I'll introduce our co-host, a man who just wants to swing through the city and eat his hot dog. Welcome, Drew. The sad thing is, (laughs) that was a pork hot dog that Spider-Man was eating. (laughs) Yes! (laughs) You cannibal! Well, no, no, here's the thing. Spider-Ham is technically a spider who was bitten by a radioactive pig. pig. (laughs) Turned into a... Yes, people. This is what you've walked in on. Yes. Um, Or dialed into. Downloaded. Of your own free will. Your own volition. Congratulations. (laughs) You did it to yourself. Moving on. How are you doing this morning, Jacob? I'm doing pretty good this morning. Uh... When we're recording this, recording on Tuesday, on Tuesday, uh, I had to be up really early to go to help with catering mm-hmm. at a certain school here in town, and I had to be at work at like six forty-five. So I actually beat you at work for a change. Six forty-five. Yeah, I, I left about six twenty. <laughs> we left at the same time because I have to be at work at six thirty. Ah, I still beat you. <laughs> hey, you were still in the parking lot. <laughs> hey, I should have left early. <laughs> That's what I thought. I was like, wait a minute. Drew's still sitting there. Oh my gosh, what's wrong? <laughs> uh, it's called having not gotten enough sleep and moving way too slowly in the morning and technically being enough late for work. But that's beside the point. Yeah, either way. <laughs> I was only one minute late. <laughs> but I got overtime today so it hey all comes out in the wash there you go points on the attendance record what you do <laughs> um so yeah i've been doing good as well uh it was a hard it was a very long and tedious day yeah uh essentially some uh what we what uh, i like to call bodging bodging yes you know what this term means no enlighten me it is the art of sticking a square peg through a round hole oh. with nothing but brute force and ignorance. In other <laughs> words, I was... I had... In order to get something done, I had to do something the wrong way, but it still got it done. So you basically Apollo, 11, Apollo 13 did. Yes! But I, I've gotten to calling it bodging ever since uh, Junkyard Wars back in the day. Oh, yeah. Love Junker Wars. That was so much fun. Oh, yes. Uh, what have you been watching lately? Besides uh, Spidey. <laughs> Spider-Man. Too many spiders? 
nothing much. Be like, I, I really haven't had a chance. I'm busy, yeah. you know, busy drawing, and um, I guess you just be like, yeah, I really haven't watched anything except Spider Man. I can technically claim I have I beat you a little bit, even though I'm bringing back an old one. I watched another episode of Neon Genesis Evangelion. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, I think it was a filler episode. Oh, of course. Oh, the the drive filler inter well, interverses. It, it wasn't a bad filler no, episode. It was one of that. those ones where they used it to connect two characters that needed that. Re it was it was the one where uh, the the autonomous Ava, the the one made by the rival company. Oh yeah, was brought back or was a mm. uh, built and yeah. It kind of quit taking their orders. Yeah. But it's still not... Or it wasn't that it quit taking their orders, we find out by the end of it. Spoiler alert. Somebody manipulated it so mm -hmm. that... Yeah. They stopped it at the very last minute. Gee, I wonder who could have done that? Could it be the guy on the plane that's related to Shinji? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's... I watched that one. That was a pretty good episode. That's really all I've gotten a chance to watch also. It's just been, like you said, it's been a busy week. It has. So what if, ever since I don't have any news, do you have any news? There was one thing of note. What's that? The quote-unquote live-action Lion King mm -hmm. just surpassed Frozen as highest-grossing animated feature of all time. What?! The live action yeah. Lion King, which when you look at it, when you do actually do your research, you realize there's actually no live action anything in that yeah, movie. Barely. It's all animated. Everything is animated. Yes, I agree. Admittedly, when you find that out, you go, nah, that can't be right. Because so much of it looks realistic. Mm -hmm. But no, that's really what it was. It's like, okay. Uh, yeah, it beat Frozen. It beat Frozen. Oh, I just can't wait till Frozen 2 comes out. This, yeah. yeah, see what happens. I don't think you need to worry about it. If it gets too bad, you just need to let it go. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, it probably goes strangle a certain stomach. Just get it in the summer like you want. It'll be fine. <laughs> exactly. Anyway. <laughs> oh, and I have one other interesting tidbit. Hmm. Let me ask you this. What do you think is my least favorite animation studio? Least favorite? Oh. And then not everything they've done I've hated, but they've produced more works I have not liked than, than actually liked. That, I'll give you one other hint. Uh, technically, they may under new ownership? Well, technically they are under new ownership. After a certain company bought another certain company. Oh! Nickelodeon. No. What? Blue Sky. Oh, okay! Blue Sky, which was owned by Fox. Right. Is still owned by Fox, yeah. but in the shuffling around of everything, Blue Sky is now technically with the rest of Walt Disney's animation departments. Oh, As you know, right. Which technically means, according to Cartoon Brew, Disney and Pixar executives are taking over Blue Sky Studios. Okay. Which means they might produce good movies for a change. 
that maybe a little cynical. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> no, it's just when you, you when Blue Sky's most famous and long-lasting work is Ice Age, which let's face it is only loved beloved because of Scrat. That is true. If we're being honest, because true. most of the rest of it is kind of after the first movie is kind of bland in my opinion. Um you have a problem. Yeah. But at the same much. time, they also did the Peanuts movie, which I actually liked. Hmm. I still gotta watch that one. It's pretty good, especially if you. It, it's. It's kind of the uh, Spider Verse of of a uh, newspaper comic strips. Oh, okay. Movies. Mm-hmm. And look, it's good. It stays within the way you expect the characters to look, but with you know being obviously animated in three mm-hmm. D. Except they broke the cardinal rule. But anyway, that's beside the point. Ah. You actually get to see the red-haired girl. Oh. But anyway, that's beside the point. <laughs> uh, did you find any news? Not that I know of. Alright. Well, or, correction, not that I could find. Not that you could find. No. Alright, well then, I guess we need to jump into... Or should I say, we need to swing into... Our review of Spider-Man Enter the Spider-Verse. Spider-Man Enter the Spider-Verse is the second Marvel movie we've actually done. Technically. That is true. Because technically, Big Hero 6, while completely done by Disney, does have, is based on a Marvel comic. Yeah, it's it's got some Marvel ties to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's loosely based on the, uh, on two separate storylines. Uh-huh. The first being uh, Ultimate Comics Spider-Man, which ran for 28 issues between September 2011 and October 2013. Ah. And essentially details the origin and first couple adventure, first couple adventures of Miles Morales as Ultimate Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, that, those comics were set in the Ultimate Universe, a.k.a. Universe Marvel Universe number 1610. It was also based on the Spider-Verse event comic mm-hmm. series, which was seen in Spider-Verse graphic novel, mm-hmm. the Edge of Spider-Verse uh, tie-in novels, and a number of other Spider-Man issues that mm-hmm. were released at the same time the event ah. was going on. In the original in the in the original Spider-Verse events, while did feature almost every character we saw in this version, mm-hmm. or every almost character this is based. Every character this is based on, yes, also featured tons. Oh yeah, and tons and tons mm. of other Spider-Man. Oh yeah, including a couple of interesting ones. Okay, who that might be? Well, do you remember a couple years ago uh, there was a Broadway play? Based on Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Turn Off the Dark? Yeah. He's mentioned. Okay. Not too far away from a certain Spider-Man played by Tobey Maguire. And a certain Spider-Man played by Andrew Garfield. Really? They're mentioned. You don't actually get to see them. And they don't even say those characters' names. They say, yeah, I saw this one Peter Parker who looked like something that Tobey Maguire had been in before that I didn't recognize Uh. at the time. And something that Andrew Garfield had been in before that I didn't recognize at the time. Uh. He says, yeah, I saw these these other two guys there. That was kind of odd. In fact, the 
one of those guys actually had, if you can believe it, uh, webs coming out of his arms. That, that wasn't using spider sho- uh, web shooters. <laughs> Which, let's face it, that is a stupid idea. Yeah. <laughs> in my opinion. Um, also, they had Supaidoman mm-hmm. from the 1970s Japanese release Supaidoman, yeah. which featured a Japanese Spider-Man. I can't remember the the, act, the character's name. Right, was not Peter Parker, but he literally had a Power Rangers mech. <laughs> In fact, technically, it predates Power Rangers because Power Rangers, being based on Super Sentai, which in turn was partially booted by Marvel back in the day to the point where it actually has its own Marvel Universe number. Not that I remember what it is right now. Oh, that's funny. Much like DC technically has its own Marvel Universe number too. So, go, go, Spider-Man. Kind of, sort of. It was not a combining robot like the normal Power Rangers. Yeah. I'm sorry. It was, there were two parts. There was the main unit itself and the little car that Spider-Man would uh, fly up to it <laughs> called the Marveler. And uh, he got his powers not from a radioactive spider bite, but from a dying alien from the planet Spider who gave him a special ring. Tell me who that sounds like. (laughs) Green Lantern. (laughs) Really? Yes. (laughs) We didn't actually get to see that. It's all done in... uh, I've watched very little. Yeah. Because it's actually hard to get a hold of over here in the States if you didn't watch it when it was on Marvel.com back before Disney bought it. Ah. This movie also features characters, uh, for, oh, Peter B. Parker yeah. is technically based on the main Marvel Comics uh, Spider-Man, but yeah. there's a lot of liberties taken to the point yeah. where I would claim he's probably newly created for this movie, if we're being honest. Yeah, possibly, yeah. Uh, but that technically would be from Universe 616. Yes. Uh, Spider-Gwen, a.k.a. Spider-Woman, mm-hmm. Gwen Stacy, is, was, uh, first appeared, was in, uh, Earth 65, and first appeared in Edge of Spider-Verse number two. Yeah. Penny Parker is from, uh, Universe, uh, 14512, and appeared originally in Edge of Spider-Verse number five. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spider-Man Noir is from Earth 90214, and he first appeared in Spider-Man Noir number one. Ah. And last, but not least, Peter Porker is (laughs) from Earth 8311, and first appeared in Marvel Tales, starring Peter Porker the Spectacular Spider-Ham number one. One. (laughs) Because why not have a long name? No. Um, now, the one thing that always got me in this movie when we're finally introduced to Gwen Stacy, mm-hmm. that you have Peter Parker and you have Miles Morales. Yeah. So, doesn't this Peter realize, be like, wait, you said Mary... You this said- Peter? Yeah. Well, A, that universe's Peter never met Gwen. Oh, okay. I honestly do not know if Gwen Stacy was in the original Ultimate Comic Spider-Man that technically that spider uh, that Spider-Man is based on. Yeah. Uh, other than they made him perfect. But uh, I would assume if he happened to have run into her, he would have known. 
Kind of curious why 616 was perfectly fine with a Gwen Stacy running around when he couldn't handle himself in front of Mary Jane. Yeah. technically, if he's based on the 616 Spider-Man, yeah. that should be giving him some trouble. Yeah. Technically. Definitely there's certain because, little black cat running around. Well, yes. Um... Now, here's... I, I, I do want to point out, Go even though I mentioned all these universe numbers, uh-huh. technically none of those are the actual universe numbers of the characters we see in the movie. Okay. Because, for one thing, four of those characters, for certain, would have been in the Spider-Verse comic events, mm-hmm. and don't make any mention of it here, or even allude to... They, they all say it was a pretty weird thing. Yeah. They don't explain what this pretty weird thing is. They, that, no. They've ever experienced this pretty weird thing before. Yeah. So, these are all, this is a, technically a subset of Spider, uh, of Marvel Universes that are off by themselves. Yes. They are not, they ha- don't really have any interaction yet mm-hmm. to the rest of the Marvel multiverse. Mm. I did want to go ahead and bring that up. Because I gotcha. Technically, they're, all, they're different. Yeah. And this also technically makes the third, no, fifth Spider-Pam. Fifth? Well, there's the original. Right. There's the one from the Spider-Verse, which is from a different universe. Oh, okay. There's um, the one from the Ultimate Spider-Man television series, when they did their Spider-Verse. Oh, that's right, yeah. And then this one, and I bet you there's another one I can't think of. Probably. Wouldn't surprise me. Hmm. Uh, Also, one of the other Spider-Men that was in the... Uh, original comic. Yeah. Original Spider-Verse comic I want to bring up just because I find it hilarious. The one from the Hostess Fruit Pies uh, ads in the old Marvel comics. Oh, really? Yeah. He actually tries to stop somebody by giving them (laughs) a delicious confectionery treat and is surprised when it doesn't work. (laughs) Oh... (laughs) That is technically a separate universe in the Marvel universe, Marvel multiverse. Uh, so uh, to bring up an, bring up another point. So let's talk about our first Spider-Man, the first Spider-Man we meet. Well, let's Pete. go over the cast. Right oh, now. that'll work too. Sorry, not yeah. to jump. <laughs> let's, here, but we haven't done that part yet. Yeah, let's. let's we got to go over our the details. Yes. So playing Miles Morales, a.k.a. Ultimate Spider-Man, mm-hmm. was, sh- sh- I'm probably going to mispronounce this, I apologize ahead of time, Shamik Moore? Shamil Moore? It's a K, so it'd be Shamik. Yeah, Shamik. Uh, I'm going to be honest, he did not have many acting credits, and none of them jumped out at me. So what is what is he known for? Uh, a lot of television shows. The biggest thing it looked like he had was a show that was on Netflix, but I didn't recognize the name of the show. Okay. So that might just be on me. So there's probably people who actually watched it going, why don't you remember this guy? It was great. Because like, no, I didn't watch the show. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. So my apologies. Yeah, sorry, people. We can't watch everything. Yes. Uh, playing Peter B. Parker uh-huh. was Jake Johnson. <laughs> Uh, he played uh, Grouchy Smurfs in Smurfs The Lost Village. Oh, okay. Barry in the Lego movie. That was one of the of uh, uh, Emmett's friends who oh, barely yeah. recognized him, him from, the, from the work site. Uh-huh. Uh, but I, in the 
That's the two main things I caught him from. Do you know him from something I don't? No. Okay. I don't think so. I was afraid I missed something because that name sounded more familiar than that. Yeah. Uh, Haley Steinfeld played uh, Gwen Stacy slash Wanda mm-hmm. slash Spider Woman slash, <laughs> as she's more commonly known, Spider Gwen. Mm-hmm. She was Charlie and Bumblebee. Oh, I've seen that one yet. And if you remember the uh, more recent, the more recent uh, True Grit movie, yeah, she played Maddie Ross, the girl. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and this is another person's name. I'm sadly probably going to mispronounce. Mahershala Ali. I'm hoping I said that right. Plays uh, Uncle Aaron, aka the Prowler. Ah. In the upcoming. MCU movie Blade. He's playing Blade. Oh, okay. I gotcha. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, also, yeah. Also, in Alita Battle Angel from earlier this year. Ah. He's playing Vector. Oh, okay. Very good movie. Mm-hmm. Go watch it. Brian Tyree Henry played Jefferson Davis, a.k.a. Miles Morales' dad. Yeah. And in the upcoming uh, MCU movie Eternals... He's playing Fastos. Oh, okay, yeah. Now that that was a that was a casting. I was like, you saw the character model, and you saw the actor. I was like, completely different. And can I fi- just point out that it's kind of interesting that you have a an African American person named after Jeff the President Jefferson Davis who owned slaves. <laughs> I find this weirdly <laughs> ironic. I don't know if they intended it to be. Probably not. It's probably not. It's just more... <laughs> that's, that comes from the comics, because that's just how it was in the comics. Really? Yeah. Huh. They introduced Miles and his mother first, and then when they introduced Aaron as his... Uh, uncle. Uncle. And named him Aaron Davis. That's why That's why they don't have the same last name. Oh, Okay. <laughs> For whatever reason, that's just how it goes, and you have to go with the copywritten name. So that's they gave him Aaron's last name for Jefferson, and they named him named his dad Jefferson. So he became Jefferson Davis. Davis. <laughs> I convinced nobody caught this. Probably not until so years later. Way it's like, too late. Yeah. Oh, we can't change this. Sounds really mm-hmm. bad. Uh, Lily Tomlin plays Aunt May, mm-hmm. and she is Miss Frizzle on the Magic School Bus. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. I, I recognized her voice from somewhere. I was like, where do I hear that? Also, if you remember the 1990s Beverly Hillbillies movie? Yeah. She played Jane Hathaway. Oh, okay. It's been years since I watched that movie. Yeah, that was... Like I said, these are the things that jumped out at me. Gotcha. Uh, Luna Lauren Vellet, Velez sorry, mm-hmm. played uh, Rio Morales, which is uh, Miles's mom. Yeah. In the uh, new MacGyver show, yeah, she plays uh, Cassandra Glover. Okay. And in Blue Bloods, she plays Special Agent Veronica Molina. Okay. I'm sure there are more roles that she's more well known for, but these, like I said, these are the names that. Now let's face it. I see the word MacGyver. I'm going to look and see who you played. Oh yeah. <laughs> but um, which I saw the first se- first and second season of that yeah. series. It was pretty good. Most of the rest of the stuff that she was in, I did not. Admittedly, recognized. Okay. Uh, Zoe Kravitz played Mary Jane uh, Mary Jane Parker, mm-hmm. I should say. Mary Jane Parker. 
In fan, the Fantastic Beasts movies? Yeah. She plays Lita Lestrange. Oh. Ooh. Also, in the Lego Batman movie, mm-hmm. she's Catwoman. Oh. Ooh la la. And in Mad Max Fury Road. Okay. She plays Toast the Knowing. Okay. <laughs> Okay. I didn't get the. I don't get it either. No. I've seen Mad Max Fury Road. I don't remember this character. Yeah, sadly, I haven't seen that movie yet. Uh, I need to. Shame on you. Yeah. Uh, John Mulaney plays Peter Porker, <laughs> aka Spider Ham. Oh, that, like I, I'm, I'm going to say it. He hams that up yes. so good. Uh, uh, pun is, intended. He is a comedian. Yes. And most of what I saw on his IMDb was he played himself. Mm-hmm. On multiple shows. Yeah. Uh, Kimiko Glenn ah. plays Penny Parker. Uh-huh. A.K.A. And I don't know how to actually say this in human tongue, but Spudder? Because it's, sorry, S-P slash slash D-R. Sputter. So, in, like, in lead speak, that would be Spider. Spider, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, she is currently playing Lena in du- the new DuckTales show. Oh, okay. And she played uh, Ezor in Voltron Legendary Defender. Yeah. Nicholas Cage. Well, let me let me back Sorry. up let me back up for a second. Her voice sounds really familiar to certain like Digimon character. Do you know something I don't? Yeah, she played Kari in Digimon. How did I miss that? I don't know. Because we would have brought that up when we did Digimon. Yeah. Uh, Let me double check. Double check. I still have every single bit of notes I've ever taken for this thing. <laughs> Probably I even brought up Spider-Verse in that one. Because I heard her voice and I was like, oh my gosh, that's that's Kari. <laughs> that's right. We didn't actually mention who people were in the Digimon episode. No, we didn't. Uh, Kari. That's Laura Jill Miller. Laura Jill Miller. Yeah. Okay, she sounds like her so much. It's but not it's even not funny. Being, I I saw a picture of her and she's very small. She's oh, okay. Almost the age yeah. of the character. Yeah, she's very says. petite. She's very so, yeah. well. Never mind that. Sorry. Yeah, scratch that. Sorry, Look, out, scratch. Sorry to burst your bubble. <laughs> oh man, I thought I knew something you didn't. <laughs> Roll okay. well. Backing up, Nicholas Cage mm-hmm. plays Peter Parker, aka Spider Man Noir. Noir. In Teen Titans Go to the Movies, he plays Superman. <laughs> that is ironic. Considering he nearly played <laughs> Superman back in the day. Yes. <laughs> uh, he was also Johnny Blaze in mm, Ghost Rider. Writer. And played Benjamin Franklin Gates in National Treasure. Yes. When he went to steal the Declaration and of Independence. Independence. Yeah, I would definitely say Nicolas Cage definitely caged it up in this movie because yes, so it's, much it's his still, role. It still worked beautifully. Yes, I agree. Uh, Catherine Hahn plays Dr. Olivia Octavius, a.k.a. Doc Ock or Liv. She plays uh, Jennifer Barkley in Parks and Rec. Okay. And she played Erica Van Helsing in Hotel Transylvania 3. Oh. Oh, Okay. Have you seen that one yet? Nope. Okay. I haven't seen two yet. And I own it. You should. They're good movies. Uh, Leave Schreiber. Ah! <laughs> plays uh, Wilson Fisk. 
aka the Kingpin. Pin, yes. And the biggest thing I noticed, he was Sabretooth in X-Men Origins Wolverine. The best part of that film. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> uh, Chris Pine. Yes. Played uh, the first Peter Parker and first Spider-Man. Uh-huh. That we see in the movie. He is, of course, in the Abrams vs. Star Trek movies, Captain James T. Kirk. He is Steve Trevor in Wonder Woman. Yes. And in Wonder Woman 1984. Yes. Which is odd considering he died in the first movie. But yeah. We'll see. And uh, in Jack Ryan's Shadow Recruit, he played Jack Ryan. Mm-hmm. N- that. Natalie Morales played... Uh, Mrs. Caleros, which was the teacher. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Parks and Rec, she played a character named Lucy. Mm. And in the upcoming Harley Quinn show on DC Universe, she ah. has a voice role. It doesn't say what she's playing yet. Joaquin Cosio played Scorpion. The Scorpion. Ah. That's a and very interesting design of that he, character. He is a veteran of Mexican film, from what I could tell, because he had a lot of roles that I couldn't pronounce. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and I'm not going to make myself look stupid right. trying to do so. But um, on the American side of things, or I won't say American because technically this is British, he played uh, General Medrano in Quantum of Solace. Marvin Jones the Third plays Tombstone. Oh, okay. And he has a grand total of three credits. Okay. <laughs> and, Along with this one, he is also uh, Tobias Whale in Black Lightning, that show. Oh, okay. And in something called Harry's Law, he plays uh, Castor Mukasa. Don't look at me. And of course, we've got Stan Lee as Stan. Yeah. And of course, he is the creator of most of the Marvel comics, including Spider-Man. Yeah. And if you're looking for what roles he's actually played, it's... Multiple cameos in multiple movies. Yeah. And technically in this movie, he has 20 cameos. <laughs> Only one of them is voice. most people catch. And yeah. voice. Uh, moving on to stuff that you see primarily, or actors who are in the after credit scenes. Okay. You have uh, Jorma Taconi, who also played Green Goblin okay. in this movie. He also plays Peter Parker the 1967 Spider-Man. Oh, okay. And uh, he played Shakespeare in the Lego movie. Okay, then. <laughs> uh, a car- someone by, uh, playing uh, Leela, which is the uh, holographic person we see there, also near in those ending sequences. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was played by Greta Lee, and I could not find anything else she was saying. Okay, the name sounds familiar. Yes. Uh... Playing Miguel O'Hara, a.k.a. Spider-Man 2099. Uh-huh. We have Oscar Isaac. That's what I thought. I was like, wait, that is, sounds really familiar. Is, of course, Poe Dameron in Star Wars Episode 7, Episode yeah, 8, and Episode, episode nine. 9. And in the upcoming Adams Family uh, movie, mm-hmm. he's playing Gomez Adams. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, the movie was... Uh, the music in the movie was uh, by Daniel Pemberton. Yeah, very interesting soundtrack. It was written by Phil Lord and Rodney Rothman. Uh-huh. Uh, it was produced by uh, uh, Will Allegra, A.V. Arad, Brian Michael Bendis, who was the creator of Miles Morales. Ah. Uh, 
Teresa Bentz, Christian Hedgenal, Stan Lee, Phil Lord, Christopher Miller, Amy Pascal, and Christina Steinberg. It was directed by Bob Preschetti, Peter Ramsey, and Rodney Rothman. Yeah. That's all the particulars. Okay. I will point out that uh, while a lot of people might consider this a Lord and Miller production, considering Lord is actually on it and Miller is technically producing, yeah. Miller didn't do much else other than appearing in scenes huh. <laughs> in the alternate version. Yeah, that's true. Also, but these are the same people who did the Lego movie and Cloudy with a Chance, chance of meatballs. meatballs. In fact, in when the uh, scene when they opened the portal, mm-hmm. you can actually see the uh, yes. machine yeah. that creates the uh, turns water into food. Yes. The Flitzmurdifer, if I'm saying that right. <sighs> Alright, so let's give us some little more detail. Yes. Alright, this movie was released on December 14th 2018. My birthday. Well, happy birthday to you for that movie. Yes, it was. <laughs> All right. It was done in English and in Spanish, as most of you know. Mm-hmm. And only the Scorpion's voices were transla- uh, lines were translated into English. Yes. So if you don't understand Spanish. Well, yeah, I think you can kind of understand yeah, you, you what can, they're saying. Yeah, you can you catch it. the exact translation. Yeah, you can catch mildly what they're saying. All right. So box office wise. This movie had a budget of ninety million dollars. Its opening gross, its opening gross was over thirty-five million, and its total gross, uh, apparently only in the U.S., only in the U.S., was over a hundred and ninety hundred and ninety million dollars. It doubled its money. It once. definitely doubled the money, and it was very well worth it. And it went on to, as we talked about in a previous episode. Yes. It went on to win the Academy Award for yes. Best Animated Film that year. And it rightly deserved it. I agree. It was the only one that actually played with animation to that degree uh-huh. that year. And definitely pushed the boundary when it, get, yes. when it comes to animation. Which we'll definitely get into here in a couple of minutes. Yes. Uh, anything else before we jump into the rest of the movie? Not that I know of. All right. This is a gorgeous movie. Oh, yes. Yes, absolutely. The, uh, the, the technical prowess of... How they literally pushed everything mm-hmm. to its limit and broke that limit to make this stunning, artistic, cinematic masterpiece yes. of a film. There's, it's the thing that jumped out at me when I was watching a couple of documentaries on YouTube about how they made this movie. Yeah. While, yes, it is a 3D movie, as mm-hmm. in it's got 3D models, uh-huh. they used a lot of 2D animation techniques. They did. But it's not what I would call a hybrid of these two movies. It's 100% 3D and 100% 2D, which yeah. I guess technically would make it 5D. Maybe. 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 I don't know. Probably maybe. not. <laughs> but, uh, like, for instance, one of the cool things I saw, because they were trying to go for an illustrated, essentially they wanted to look like panels out of a comic book. Yes. In order to help people focus on what they wanted them to focus on, yeah. they literally caused the stuff that, when they went or showing stuff how to focus, they did that by making it look like it was out of registration. Uh-huh. For those of you who are not graphic designers or don't know anything about this, welcome to my specialty of what I do for a living. <laughs> 
Printistration is how you the colors line up in the printing process. Yeah. In most cases, this would be in normal printing. This would be cyan, magenta, yellow, and black. However, in most comic books, because they had uh, a limitation, well, they could, weren't using four color process at this yeah. point in time. They were yes. using uh, a certain type of. Co- they were essentially using all spot colors. Yeah. And then mixing those spot colors and to, to make the colors they really needed yeah. in a lot of cases. Like, for instance, uh, Incredible Hulk, of course, has its own green. Yeah. That, uh, that is a spot color and then everything else. See, that's why when you look back at these old strips, they look barely colored. Yeah. <laughs> they use white backgrounds on mm-hmm. a lot of cases. Yeah. Because it's cheaper that way. Because comic, these comic books back in the day were made cheaply. Mm-hmm. There was some process in there but it was all what's called duotone and tritone mm-hmm. uh colorization but when you get those colors off registration mm-hmm. such as one of those places move too far one direction mm-hmm. it can make it makes the the, the uh, half dots half tones obvious mm-hmm. and boy do they play with half tones <laughs> and uh hash uh, hash marks mm-hmm. all throughout this movie. Yes. Sorry, I kind of jumped in on what I knew of printing. Oh, it's fun. Um, and the fact that they mimicked that. One of the other cool things I saw they did was since they are still using a computer to generate yes. a lot of these images, they you'll note that in a lot of cases, characters seen from different angles technically shouldn't uh, look that way when they turn other directions. Yeah. Like, well, the scene where he's uh, Miles is sweating. Oh, yeah. He looks different there in terms of drawing than when you saw him earlier. Well, that's, uh, yeah, that's the only time we yeah. see him head on. Yeah. But some most of the other shots where you see him from the side, from the side if you were to actually turn that, that 3D model to that same angle, it wouldn't look that way normally. Yeah. What they did was they actually trained the computer to say, okay, if the camera, if he's, if the character is seen from this angle, this is how it should look. Oh, draw it this way. And almost all of the um, accent marks are drawn on there, like uh, his dimples. They're not animate. They're not on the model. They are literally drawn. They're in effect on top of it. Wow. And of course, don't get me started on almost all the characters. Uh, half dots. Yeah, that gets Spider-Man suits. Yeah, that gets crazy. And then another cool thing, because I'm just going off on animation. Give me yeah. a minute. I'll let you get back. You're fine. <laughs> uh, the scene where they're uh swinging through the forest after they stole the computer mm-hmm. from Doc Ock, mm-hmm. which we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> yes, too, yes. When we get to more acting stuff. Um. For one thing, most of this movie is done on what is, is using a technique called uh, animated on twos. Yeah. Which essentially means uh, the characters are only move every two frames. The scene where they're they're swinging through the... Or uh, Peter B. and Miles are swinging through mm-hmm. the forest. And I did tell you this wrong the other day, so I will apologize. Ah. They are both animated on twos, while the camera is, of course... Still working on ones because the camera has to be that way. Yeah. But they're out of sync at the beginning of it. Really? Peter B moves on one frame. 
Miles moves on the next. Peter B. Miles. That Peter makes B. sense. Miles. And it's not until Miles is finally getting the hang of swinging that, that makes they sense. come into sync. That makes sense. That's something you won't notice, but it's in there subconsciously to make you re- okay, there's something wrong here. Uh-huh. But when you find that out and you go, that makes so much sense <laughs> that no one would catch it. No. <laughs> also, uh, all the characters use a different art style. Yes, I saw that. Miles, Gwen, and Peter B. use a more standard modern comic art style. Uh huh. Penny is definitely coming from anime. Yes, definitely. She sticks that a little bit. Peter Porker is coming from obviously old cell shaded cartoons. Mm-hmm. And then there's Spider Man Noir. Yes. The character who's got the who's apparently the hardest one for them to animate because of all of his large uh half dots. Because mm-hmm. he's made to look like in, in an old black and white comic. Yeah. And he's got those his the details on his mask when he uh-huh. turns different directions are never fully outlined. But you can still make them out the whole time. Yeah. Anyway. Sorry, I just no. You're good. This is me geeking out for a couple minutes. I will. You'll have to. I have to apologize because I don't know how much of this people find that interesting. Even well, this is, even though this is an animation podcast. Well, if you haven't noticed, this is probably one of Drew's favorite films of the last five years. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I will let you talk for a while. I oh. talked way too much. <laughs> you're good. Yeah the the animation of the movie is just absolutely gorgeous. The 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 way they push and pull with everything, like even in the commentary, not the commentaries, but the special features that would go into it, mm-hmm. it's like okay, be like, it's like they would be like, oh, we got this. Like, be like, what do we do? Push it further. Push it further. That's all they yes. did with this film. They pushed it so far and uh, kind of a. I know this movie will most likely not cause seizures, but for someone who has Tourette's disorder, which can cause seizures, uh, that is something I would think to be aware of yes. going into it. Yes, and I'll admit when I forced you to go watch uh-huh. this movie back in December, <laughs> yes, I forgot to warn you because it didn't occur to me until I'm sitting there going through the logos and they're doing the glitching, and I'm going. Uh, <laughs> by the way, it's like you could have warned her, brother. I don't think this is as bad as Incredibles 2. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You might want to be careful. I yeah. said something earlier. Uh, sorry, man. You could have sent me into a Twitch, man. What were you thinking? I was thinking you need to see this freaking amazing movie. But like yeah, it was it was an incredible film. Be like, yes, I was when I first saw that I was like, okay, this is not good. Be like, do my walls? Okay, good. If I start just spazzing out, just make sure I don't keep my own tongue. <laughs> but well, I mean, at least it's localized. You can kind except for the beginning. Yeah. You can kind of tell when it's coming. Yeah. Because at least in the start, it's like, okay, they're about to do you know, the, the machine's coming on. They're about to glitch heavily all yeah. over the screen. Yes. Might want to look away. Yeah. Uh, admittedly, when they just randomly, I hate to say spaz out, 
that's what they do. When they, glitch, <laughs> when they glitch out, yeah, that's a little more more of a reminder than an actual yes thing. But yeah, I will say I do have one issue. Yeah, with the movie, when and I'm not gonna say it's a detriment to the movie. Okay, because obviously when come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say it was a detriment to the movie because obviously I didn't think so back when it started. Yeah. But the fact that in the theatrical release it didn't start off with the Peter Porker cartoon. Yeah. As a short feature before yes. the before the main feature. Yeah. I consider that a missed opportunity. Yes. Because it's a it connects with everything else. It's an opening it's what it's kind of what you think of Peter Porker is a Looney Tunes short, short, yeah. And they made a Looney Tunes short, but they didn't put it with the movie. I'm guessing it was made after the movie when they realized, hey, we should have done this. Yeah. So I will tell you right now, if you've not seen the movie, and I apologize for all the spoilers we've already done. <laughs> if that's the case, no spoilers. But if you want to go, if you want to see the best way to view this movie, in my opinion. On the Blu-ray, watch the Spider-Ham short, which is over in the special feature mm-hmm. section. Watch that, then jump into the rest of the movie. Yeah. It works. Trust me. Yes. Now, speaking of versions, the alternate universe mode actually starts with the Peter Porker short. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it actually puts it in front of the film. I still need to watch that version. Yeah, it's... I know it's got a lot of deleted scenes. A lot of them weren't even finished. Yeah, they were all but, like pencil sketches. But still, yeah, it's I mean, it's it's a very interesting. I I just recently, before we started recording this, I actually just finished that version, and it's really good. It's really good. I really wish they would have gone back and finished it, but mm-hmm. and be like, yeah, they they basically had two different versions of how uh, Miles got bit. Because in the original, be like, oh, he was down that the subway with his uncle Aaron, mm-hmm. and in this one, the spider didn't bite him there, but his spot bit him later when he's talking with his roommate. Yeah, who, if you remember, in the in the theatrical version, he doesn't really meet until the very end of the movie. In this version, he basically helps him become a superhero. Sh- you know, shows. So him- it's kind of like Shazam. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. And the funniest part of this this version or mode, there's a Spider-Man the motion picture. No joke. This okay. they 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 literally cuz it's I don't think they really give the 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 roommate a name, but he's basically Peter Parker's buddy from Spider-Man Far From Home. Oh, Ned. Yeah, he's basically Ned. And Ned is like, you know, quote unquote Ned is basically showing Peter, not Peter, Miles, showing Miles these all these things be like, oh, you got to do this, that you got to do this, you got to do this. wouldn't make sense considering the Spider-Man comics in their room, which I could not, I did not understand why Miles would have that considering how his dad feels about Spider-Man. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's be like it's a very interesting version where like apparently they they made a movie they made a movie of Spider Man. Obviously, they didn't know who he was, 
It's so, you know, like, it's apparently this rich guy who gets bit by a spider. He's got this big, he, he basically an Iron Man, mm-hmm. basically an Iron Man character. And uh, apparently during one scene, now granted, this is all done like in, you know, hand-drawn sketches and that kind of stuff. And uh, apparently one scene where this guy be like, he's like the guy who's supposed to be playing Spider-Man is sitting in a, like some kind of Porsche, some kind of Porsche. He's sitting there and he's trying to get his hand away, but his hand is stuck. You know, like Spider-Man does. So they say in the commentary track that they actually got the real Spider-Man to do the scene. <laughs> and so they, 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 they augment his voice, the, you know, to keep his identity secret. And in the back of my mind, it's like, wait, that wouldn't work. Yeah. That wouldn't have worked to be like, wait a minute. You got the real Spider-Man to come on the, come on to scene, come onto the stage and do a hand thing. It's like, what is he dressed as Spider-Man? Just takes a glove off. You would think if you're going to do that, that that Spider-Man would just say, here, borrow my web shooters. Here's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> Here's how you shoot a web. Just do that. Yeah. And plus, be like, the way they do this, the uh, the web shooters in the quote-unquote the movie, the motion picture, is completely utterly rock. But I, th- I thought it was a very interesting, you know, mode or version of this mm-hmm. film. It's probably like another 45 minutes longer. Mm-hmm. But it really flushes out other things, and it's like, oh, this is why Miles is here. This is why Miles does this. This is why this character does this. It, it, well, it flushes out the story a little bit more. Perhaps I didn't like I said I hadn't seen it yet, so I can't really offer yeah. an opinion there. Uh, of course, I think the movie does a pretty good job by itself. Oh, I agree. I completely uh, agree. Let's talk. Let's go over some of the moments, our favorite moments from this movie. Okay. All right. First favorite moment for me comes, well, one thing, it was our teaser for this episode. Ah. If you listened to last week's podcast on the Prince of Egypt, it is the scene where uh, Dr. Olivia is uh, revealed yes. to be Doc Ock. Doc. Also, what is it she says in that scene about what her friends call her? Oh, my fr- my friends call me Meg. My enemies. No, no, her friends call her Liv. Yeah, her her her. And when she breaks into Aunt May's house. Oh yeah, Ed, that's right. What does she say? It's like oh, oh great, it's Liv. Liv. <laughs> it's like which makes oh? me, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> Only her friends call oh, her Liv. So Aunt May and they were friends at one point. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah, that that was very interesting. Whenever I was like, "Wait, hold on." Oh, okay, that's a good move. Yeah. Oh, there's uh, so that many entire reveal mm-hmm. from the, when you're first introduced to the character. It's when Miles is she's on a video the class is watching when Miles comes into the class. Uh huh. And of course, I did not notice this when I watched it the first time, but Miles is standing in front of where. Her last name would be uh-huh. on the, you know, the the lower third of it, where it yes. says who who's talking. And of course, she's explaining multiverse theory. If you're listening, yes. <laughs> so it's like, okay, there's that girl. It's like, and um, of course, it gets to the where Peter's Peter B is explaining their plan on how they're going to break into Ultimax. Says, oh no, it's the lady with the bike. Yeah, <laughs> she's the one who's got it. Yeah. So it's like cool, and they go. They end up going to her office. As long as it's <laughs> her portal that they're... And so you've got that 
thought that first crosses your mind. Yeah. Okay, she's just a scientist who's working for Fisk. Yeah. How many scientists has Fisk ever employed in his life? <laughs> I mean, it's got to be standard operating procedure for any of his, for anything involving science, as he had to employ a scientist. Right. And then you get to that line that says, just, so she's, does she, Spider-Man and Miles, Peter B. and Miles are, have broken into her office. Miles has just discovered he can turn invisible. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Which is a great moment. Um, they essentially are about to get caught. Yeah. So Peter B. turns on the charm, which is great considering he's wearing sweatpants and is overweight. <laughs> and so she starts going into the whole scientist studying this whole other Peter Parker from another multiverse thing. And she gets a sample of mm-hmm. his, his DNA. DNA. And this is where this quote starts. Wow, just complete cellular decay. I've never seen anything like this. And obviously you've been glitching. Peter Parker says, glitching? No, why would you ever say that? <laughs> While it's glitching. Uh, if you stay in this dimension too long, your body's going to disintegrate. Do you know how painful that would be, Peter, Park- Peter Parker? Parker says, of course, uh, I don't know. She says, you can't imagine. And I, for one, can't wait to watch. And that's the moment the bell went off in my head when I watched it. Thinking, wait a minute, who is this person? She's demented. Yeah, just a bit. And, he, and of course, Peter asks the question we all just asked. Yeah. What did you say your name was? <laughs> Dr. Olivia Octavius. And then I swear when I first watched it, there was an audible gasp from the audience. Because then, of course, it's, she's Doc Ock. Yes. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm into this version. Oh. Well, oddly enough, be like, when I saw that scene, I was like, wait, she looks really familiar. It's like, oh, yeah, she was Doc Ock during uh, Ben Riley's Scarlet Spider version. I was I'll like, oh, for it. I've not read yeah. any of Spider, uh, any of the Clone Saga. Yeah, I was like, wait, she like, oh, she's Doc Ock. It's like, oh, this is gonna be fun. Yes, I was like, she's Doc Ock. Yes, that was so much fun. Uh, I've gone on about my one of my favorite scenes. You go on about one of your. All right, so kind of a tie in with what I just said. Peter Parker, blonde. It is an odd choice. That is an odd choice. But it works. Yeah, because you know, if you you know, going back to the the Clone Saga, or Clone, clone what was the it? Clone Saga? Was yeah, what that was yeah, called. the Clone Saga. Be like Ben Riley was blonde when he was Scarlet Spider. Mm-hmm. So as you and me talked earlier, it's like could it be possible that this version was actually Ben Riley who changed his name to Ben Parker? And then became Peter Parker. Because he thought maybe he was the original. Yeah, possibly he was... what little I do know of the Clone Saga, there was actually some debate as to which one was the uh-huh. original Peter yes. Parker. To yes. the point where they did not... Neither Peter nor Ben actually knew if they were the original. Yeah. Thank you... What is that character's name? The Jackal? The Jackal. Thank you, The Jackal. <laughs> for ranking one of the longest, stupidest... Uh, plot lines in comic book history, yeah. which is sad because that's not even the darkest plot no. story. It's not even the darkest chapter in the bad Spider-Man writing. No, but more day. But 
hey, hey, we, we got the Scarlet Spider. We got the new Spider-Man, yeah. which I thought was really cool. Now it's the Spider-Man I got used to, introduced to. But anyways, I thought that was a very interesting choice. Was, okay, oh, they're like, oh, he's dead. And they're like, he's kind of perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I love that because the the so, the yeah, the uh, the chasm between these two characters is beyond you know mm-hmm. very uncanny because yes. you have this Peter Parker who's literally perfect he's you know he's you know done everything right except getting himself killed by the kingpin well and that was sort of Miles's fault yeah <laughs> that's that's true that is kind of Miles' fault and then you have Peter B Parker. He was like, oh yeah, I did this, and then I fell and broke my back and got hit in the face with a drone. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, I made some bad financial decisions. And you're like, yeah, the Don't MJ... Don't ever start a restaurant based off spiders. <laughs> and uh, yeah, me and MJ are kind of uh, yeah. separated. <laughs> and then this really weird thing happened while I was getting getting buff, getting strong. <laughs> getting strong, like, like eating a pizza. <laughs> Hey, some people say be like, "Hey, I'm doing crunches, right? I'm doing yeah. arm arm reps." One donut, two, two donuts, donuts, three donuts. donuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh man. This be like this movie. the The cast of characters are absolutely hysterical. Mm-hmm. So that that actually brings me to my next favorite sequence. Go for it. Throughout every time they introduce a new spider person, uh huh, they do this introduction. Yeah. Where it says, uh, all right, let's do this one more time. last time. Yeah. And they end up doing this seven times. <laughs> eight, no, eight times. Yes, eight times. the entire movie. To the point where when they do the last one, he says, for real this time. <laughs> but the main one I want to point out is Spider-Gwen's. Mm-hmm. Spider-Gwen's actually goes into detail from her first storyline. Yeah. So literally... She gets bit by the spider. Uh huh. She does save her dad, Gwen Stacy, during a fight. So he's not the one that, you know, caused her to understand about great power and great responsibility yeah. and all that mess. Yeah. Or as Officer Davis said, uh, great ability uh, requires great accountability. <laughs> it's like, I don't think it's how it goes, Dad. It's not even how the saying goes. Okay. Like, how well known is the saying? <laughs> uh, but anyway, so yeah, she he, that actually happens. She does. She is in a band. Mm-hmm. She does play drums in a band. Yeah. What's the band called? Shoot, I don't remember. Um, and I think Mary Jane's in the band too. Yeah. Uh, what was it? It's been a while since yeah. I read it. Yeah. The Mary the Mary Janes. Yeah, the Mary Janes. The Mary Janes. Uh, and I think the song they actually play in the introduction is something about. Uh, face it, tiger! You hit the jackpot. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, she is, and she and a lot of her skill in fighting before she became a spider person, yeah, was, was, ball- was ballet, ballet, which mm-hmm. is why she's got the teal ballet slippers mm-hmm. throughout the movie, which I didn't notice the first time I watched it. But if you're paying attention, she says, "I fought some bad guys," and you can see her fighting the lizard. Uh huh. And then she lost her best friend, which and shows Peter Parker from that universe dying. Yeah, he he morphs but back. But if you're just... paying attention, they it shifts to the silhouette, the shadows. Yeah, you see, it, it's literally one cut. She fights the lizard. It goes to where you're seeing their shadows against the walls. The camera's moving over. You see the lizard morph back into Peter Parker, mm-hmm. and then you see lost her best friend. Yeah. 
And that actually happened in the comic. Peter Parker mm-hmm. was the lizard in yeah. that universe. Uh-huh. And he was helping Dr. Connors uh-huh. and inject, injected the serum into himself instead of going into Dr. Connors because he wanted to be special like his best friend. friend. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I remember hearing about that and I was like, oh my gosh. that it's, fact, it's perfect. And the fact that you see the entire sequence in what? Ten seconds? At least. And it's all there. It's like, it is so right on the money. It's not in your face. I didn't notice it the first time because I hadn't mm-hmm. read Spider-Gwen until after I saw this movie the first time. Yeah. And I was, you know, I read that and thought, okay, it's cool. It's Peter Parker's Spider-Man. It is the lizard in this version. That makes sense. Cool. Uh, and then I watched Spider-Verse the second time, or on when it was on, when I finally got the Blu-ray the first time. I uh-huh. went, <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Wow. <laughs> you guys are good. <laughs> yeah. It threw him so much for a loop, he coughed. Yes. Yes, indeed. And then, of course, the three-way... Three-way is the wrong term. The three-at-a-time intro with yes. Spider-Man Noir, Penny Parker, Parker. and Spider-Ham. Ham. Which is funny, because it's like, I was bitten by a radioactive spider. I got a telepathic link with a, with a spider. I was a spider bitten by a radioactive <laughs> pig. It's like, what? <laughs> because you actually see him more from a spider into a pig. pig. <laughs> and you're going, what? Oh, Spider-Ham. He's the... Probably one of the best characters in this movie. Yes. Probably one of the best. John Mulaney hit it out oh, of the ballpark. Yes. And be like, they really do. To didn't... the point when his final line in the movie is, yes. "That's all, folks." <laughs> Can you say that <laughs> legally? <laughs> Which was my question. <laughs> it's like they know what questions they can they were asking, and they go ahead and ask the same questions. Like we don't know either. <laughs> Roll with it. <laughs> yep. That's the thing I did like about his short at the beginning. It's like. <laughs> Oh, man, I hope... It appears I'm being pulled into some other movie. I hope I don't... I appear before 67 minutes have passed. <laughs> I didn't catch that. Yes, I did. like very quick. Uh, so, apparently, they... they When they when they were doing the, like, the readings of it, they didn't really give him a whole, whole lot to read. Mm-hmm. And so, he kept ad-libbing. Ad living, and it went into the film. Yes, because it's great stuff. It is great, and just how this character, like you said earlier, is like an old-fashioned cartoon character. Yeah, and it's animated like that. He pull, it's pulled and stretched, and he pulls and stretched. He pulls hammers from hammer space like a cartoon character supposed. Yes, he drops an anvil (laughs) on the scorpion's head, which stays around long enough for when. They the col- finally shut the portal down. Yeah, the collider. <laughs> and Fisk has got all this crap falling on it from, from all angles. The last thing that hits is an anvil. Well. <laughs> that shouldn't work. That should pull you straight out of this film. Because that's <laughs> antithetical to what you're seeing. And it's perfect. <laughs> uh, I think the, the one character is slightly... Now, granted, be like, she wasn't bit by a radioactive spider. Yeah. Be like, she has a psychic link with a spider. Her, and a mech. Which is in her father's made robot. Yeah. It's like, okay, so the spider 
is piloting the robot that you're also in. Uh, <laughs> How does that work? <laughs> you know what it reminds me of? What? Baymax. Oh. Just think about it. Yeah. I brought this up in yeah. The Big Hero 6. Why on earth is Hero on the battlefield? He's not. doesn't need to be there. His power was making Baymax. Yeah. But... Or making Baymax's armor. He shouldn't have to be there. Yeah, exactly. He should be watching in a computer back on home base. Yeah. <laughs> but there again, we learn later. Like Penny. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's like Penny. Just stay in the cockpit. <laughs> but I will say this. During the spider sense scene, when they go, you're just like me. me. Mm-hmm. You... Along with seeing the the lines around the spider sense lines around her head, you see it around the next head too. Yeah, because there's technically there are seven Spider Men there. Yeah, technically, technically, yes. There's only physically six. Yeah, but six characters. But there's seven Spider characters there. And admittedly, seeing that scene when the mech gets nearly destroyed, oh, it's kind of hard to it, watch. It is. It is. I agree. Because you're going. Wait a minute, it's the character... Oh, oh yeah. It's a spider piloting the mech. That's why she got the spider out of the mech at the end. And, uh-huh. And I think when she does her goodbye and, and she says uh, thanks from both of us, mm-hmm. I think the spider does a little wave too. <laughs> I think it did. I remember, I remember, yeah, it's just like yeah, the little, like, you know, waves to the legs. It's like three pixels total of all the changes. You're going, it just waved. <laughs> How intelligent... Well, that's the thing. All the spider, physical spiders in the in Spider-Man universe yeah. are intelligent. Yeah. That brings up another thing I want to bring up. Okay. 42. Ah, that. That number doesn't just come up being on the bottom of the spider's belly. Mm-hmm. That technically was the 42nd uh, test that Alchemax had done. That's mm-hmm. where that comes from. And Got that it. was in the comics. It's also a... The number of Jackie Robinson's jersey. Uh huh. B, you can see it in the when he does that first fall. Yeah. The numbers that fall around him from the clock. Uh huh. It's forty two. Forty two. Uh huh. They show forty two big on the screen near the beginning of the movie, and of course, if yeah. you know your geek dumb like you should. Mm-hmm. It's also the answer to the ultimate question of life, the universe, and everything, according to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Rah. Admittedly, the choice of bringing that number up over and over again kind of is odd. Yeah. But it fits to me. Yeah. It's something that I know came up in, was started in the comic. Yeah. That spider was a, was experiment number 42. Yeah. I mean, obviously the number was chosen because of the geek reference. I yeah. I personally think. I gotcha. But, yeah. Speaking also, of... Also, Alchemax is, also comes up a lot in the Spider-Gwen comics, too. Okay. As being worth. Her powers came from also. Hmm, interesting. That's where her, where her spider came from. Oh, uh, okay. So another interesting thing that pops up in the the intro at the very end, the comics code pops up. Yes, approved by the comics code, code authority. How did they legally get that? Because I don't think either DC or Marvel owns a copyright to that image. No, they don't. They had to put it on there for approval's sake, but I, and I don't think it's public domain at this point. Yeah, plus, but like most comics nowadays don't even go by it. They, they don't. It's, yeah. The Comics Code Authority is gone. And technically, I don't think this movie would have been allowed in the Comics Code Authority. No, either. it wouldn't have. But it was just so weird. It's like, approved by the Comics Code Authority. I'm going, what? What? <laughs> I know what that is. No one else in this auditorium right now knows what that is. 
but it doesn't fit. Yeah, it's just <laughs> it's a weird little thing. But it's a nice it little is. detail. It's like this is a comic book. Yeah, on screen. Mm-hmm. This is the future of motion comics. Except this doesn't suck like motion comics do. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, what else is to say about this film except like it's freaking amazing. Yes, I agree. There's like, like okay, I do think I, mean, I did bring up my one negative. Yeah, which really isn't a negative. I don't yeah. think. Do you have any negatives? Because there's got to be something we can critique this movie on how it worked. Has to be something. Uh, I mean, we're not objective reviewer, reviewers per se. Yeah. But, and admittedly, it's not a ten for me either because I don't think any movie can hit ten. No, there's there's nothing that perfect. Yeah, there's. Um, I mean, I'll still say the until you get used to how they handle the the registration focus technique, yeah. it does kind of feel out of whack. Yeah, it does just a and little bit on. Stand, um, at least when I watched on my 1080p TV, yeah, 55 inch, most of the half toning and the Kirby dots mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff doesn't quite work. Yeah, because I think they're just small enough; they're getting squared off on the screen. Yeah, just a little bit. If, it, if I was on a 4K screen, different story. Yeah. But I'm on the 1080, and I don't remember this being a problem in the theater. No. So, was, there was a few points where it's like, the dots are, the half dot, half tones are a little sharper than they're supposed to be. Yeah. Just a bit. Yeah. Now, there's one thing I did want to bring up. That every Marvel film of last year and this year mm-hmm. has done their homage or their dedicated to Stan Lee. Yes. And, which is rightly so, because Stanley, you know, basically yeah. defined a this, comic book genre. But this was the first one, and after he died, yeah. literally a week. And honestly, I don't see how they could have gotten outside of the, all. All they had, really had time to do was to throw that one quote up at the very end. Yeah. And at what would normally be the half credit scene, which yeah. I'm kind of curious if they had a half credit scene and then they cut it out in favor of that. Yeah. But. Um, Having that homage to Stanley, that literally was the week he died, I believe. I think so. They had no time. Yeah, it's literally throw, throw it up. It fits so well that 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 scene hit the hardest. Yeah, when he when Miles was talking to him, says, well, uh, "If it if it doesn't fit, can I return it?" And he says, "It always fits, fits. eventually." Be. Which that hurts just a little bit because mm-hmm. it's like. This is kind of his Stan's last words to us all. Yeah. And then the camera shifts over to no return. <laughs> yes. It's like, you know, a part of me wants to say that takes away from the moment, and yet that is perfect Stan Lee. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Now, the one thing, be like, yes, all those comments would be like, yeah, we're all about Stan Lee. But they never stop talk about Steve, Steve Ditko. And this movie did... Thank Steve Ditko yes. along with Stanley. Yes, Steve Ditko really did more to create the character. I think than even Stanley really did. Yeah, he he literally he, he designed what he, yeah Spider Man looked like. My understanding is the way the comics were written at that time mm-hmm. was uh, Stanley and Steve Ditko would have a meeting about where they wanted this issue to go. Uh huh. Steve Ditko would draw the issue out, mm-hmm. and then Stanley would come back in and write. The story 
based on what he was seeing in the panels. Yeah, and what I what I understand is when and that was how it was done in most Marvel comic books at the time. Yeah, because what happened is if memory serves correctly, that Stan Lee was more like, okay, I want to draw, be like, I want to do something like a spot, like a kid with you know, teenager with powers and yeah. spider or something. And Steve Eagle just literally started dueling. So, and he drew so, Spider-Man. In reality, it is up to debate as to which person really deserves the writing credits. Yeah. Stanley obviously wrote the dialogue. Yeah. But Steve Ditko wrote the pacing and mm-hmm. when scenes happen. Here's how much time you have to do stuff. Yeah. Admittedly, Stan Lee would write a paragraph and a speech bubble that obviously someone couldn't say in the amount of time that the comic gives you. Right. But... Still, they yeah. are both they're both equally important in the creation of Spider Man. I just agree. Like Stanley and Jack Kirby, yes, are of equal importance in the original creation of Iron Man, Hulk, Thor, mm-hmm. and uh, well, not Captain America because that was two other guys. Yeah, Stanley just wrote the popular version of it. Mm-hmm. Still, yeah, just the be like I love when I saw that I was like that be like just clap because that yeah. was they actually that is the thing. I have been aware of the drama in the comic book industry since I got back into since I really got into comics back in two thousand five. Yeah, and I heard about you know the fact that uh, Bob Kane was not the sole creator yeah. of Batman, oh even though they yes. always credit him as such. Uh, Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, I knew about that. I, I kind of knew about the stuff with Jack Kirby mm-hmm. in the Marvel side, and to a lesser extent, Steve Ditko and. Who was it who did X-Men? Because oh, one guy pretty much made X-Men after they, those two, uh, uh, Stanley gave it up. Yeah. I can't think of his name, but to some degree, they deserve more of the credit to the stuff than Stanley ever did. Oh, yes. Yeah. Because yeah. they actually did more with the character than Stanley did. Yeah. Some of this was Stanley's imagination in the beginning. One of the happiest moments for me as a comic book fan, mm-hmm. believe it or not, was my first viewing of Batman vs. Superman. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because that was the first time when I was watching the opening credits uh-huh. that it actually said Batman created by Bob Kane and Bill Finger? Yeah, Bill Finger. Bill Finger. Mm-hmm. They actually credited him! <laughs> yes, I was he like... had more to do with it than Bob Kane did. <laughs> did. They actually credited him! I saw that and I was like, yes! Oh my gosh, this is great! And keep in mind, this is going on in the moment when Batman's parents are getting shot, and I'm going, yes! <laughs> I'm thinking everyone's going to look at me like I'm a nut. I don't care. Yeah. And I was probably the only person in the theater, actually. <laughs> just to illustrate to our, our listeners I here. just jumped up in the air. Yeah, you literally <laughs> did. <laughs> it was hysterical, but great. This is why we probably ought to be filming. This. Yes. Maybe anyway, in a future date. Maybe when we finally get confidence. <laughs> yes. We have more than seven listeners. Hey, but we're very thankful for those yes, seven we're plus listeners. We're very thankful listeners. for every listener we've got. Keep coming in. Please bring your friends. Yeah. Uh, I honestly don't have much else. Well, let's be honest. I could probably talk about this movie for the next five hours. Yes, you probably could, but we but don't. We don't have that we time don't have for that time. And I've pretty much hit every major point I can think of. Ah. Uh, so now, now I do, do you have anything before? I we do have on? one point. Miles Morales. Yes. His character arc of a young man who is very insecure about himself. He, 
Like when we first meet him, be like, okay, yeah, he's this cool kind of a you know cool uh, mixed race young man who doesn't really know who be like he doesn't really know who he is and be like he's been selected for this you know uh, for this school he doesn't want to go he feels like oh I'm an outcast and it literally takes him the entire film with everybody be like you know you got to get up you got to get up you got to get up yes. this. Uh, overarching theme of be like you don't you give up. To, you've got you can't give up, and you've got to step yeah. up to the responsibilities given to you. Yes, he had to step up at that school. He had to step up as uh-huh. Spider Man. He couldn't just be a kid anymore. Yeah, it's about growing up. Exactly, and it'd be like it's you know it's the you know a boy as a uh, a a child or a boy mm-hmm. coming into manhood. Yeah. The the puberty the, the puberty line just dropped it was like yes. <laughs> busted out laughing here. It's like oh, yeah, oh the, I must the, be going through puberty. <laughs> why did I say that out loud? Uh, wait, why are my voice why, why is everything my head so loud? Also another moment from that sequence that's my favorite. I know you snuck out last night, Morales. <laughs> Who's Morales? Play dumb. Who's Morales? Not, Not the dumb. <laughs> But yes, his his character arc is so defining. And it was it was like okay when I first when I first I was I was so hesitant to watch this movie mm-hmm. I was like the art style is kind of like, Meh. well that was the thing I remember when I first saw the trailer for it which is essentially the yeah. last is scene from the end of it when he's finally becoming Spider Man yeah I remember thinking okay they're doing one of my they're actually basing a movie like I've wanted off my favorite Marvel Comics event. Yeah. They're focusing on Miles Morales. That's kind of odd. Yeah. Because he wasn't the focus of the comic. Yeah. But, and it also, it's like, this art style is... Odd. Awkward. I don't understand what I'm looking at. That's what it really came down to, is I didn't understand it. What my brain immediately hit was, this looks like a made-for-TV movie, and they're putting it on the big screen. That's just, just odd. Yeah, a little bit. And I was had that feeling up until I saw Venom. If you've not watched Venom, mm. A, it's an okay movie. Yeah, that's what I keep hearing. But the end of the movie, after all the credits, what would be the end credit scene, yeah. it says, meanwhile, somewhere else in the multiverse, Oh, and it goes to the scene where Miles walks up to Peter's grave, Oh, okay. And does the whole sequence all the way to the train stopping and him falling onto the... Oh, gosh. And and it's like, I have to see this movie now. (laughs) When does it come out? Three months. It can't get here fast enough. (laughs) Oh. Oh, Mom, this is going to be my birthday movie. I know I said this other movie that I never actually got to around to go and see, but I'll watch it eventually anyway. This is the movie I actually want to see right now. I'm changing it right now. This is the movie we're seeing on my birthday. When's it come out? On my birthday. <laughs> it's like, okay, sweetums. <laughs> As that's the thing, is we go see every year. We watch movies together all the time. Yeah. Because we have similar tastes. Apparently. Which is nice. And <laughs> one of those tastes is the into- is every comic book movie that comes out. Ah. But uh, <laughs> every year, for she'll take me to, she'll pay for my when we go to see a movie in December, yeah. one of those will be pictured as my birthday movie, mm-hmm. which, for the, except for last year, has been either S- Star Wars or The Hobbit. <laughs> okay. I've had a good couple years, is I, all I, I'm saying. Yeah, okay. 
I got and you. It'll, I'm, that'll probably go through to this year, too, considering Skywalker. Yeah. And I was literally going into the last one, like, I don't know what it's going to be since they did Solo too early. But then also, for Mother's Day, I take her to a movie. Mm-hmm. And then I take pay for a take her to a movie on her birthday. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. That's really it's cool. Tradition, yeah. Which some of you don't ruin tradition. Exactly. Uh. Or sometimes because of schedules, I'll see the movie before she does, and then I just go watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just don't tell her because she might kill you. No, she will kill me. She's like, "Well, you're watching it again anyway." I said, "Sure." <laughs> <laughs> Why not? I'll watch The Lion King twice. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, Miles's character development, his arc is just, he, he go yeah, like we said earlier, he goes from this kid who doesn't have the confidence, he's afraid, he's be like, he doesn't want to step up, he wants to be the normal kid, mm-hmm. and so by the end of the movie, he just wants to fit in, he wants to blend into the crowd. Exactly. Which is odd, considering his graffiti. Yes, I love that he's an artist, I yes, love it. that was great, but sometimes going... That's really dangerous considering the profession your dad's in. Yeah, your dad's a cop. <laughs> yeah. And the also that that father that father-son relationship that he goes is all the way through this film. Yes. Is that Miles with his dad, Miles with his uncle Aaron, uh-huh. and Miles wow. with Spider-Man P- uh, Peter, P- Peter B Parker. You have that be like he's got men in his life that he kind of emulate, he wants yes. to emulate that his dad he he loves his dad, but he kind of gets annoyed with his dad. He wants to be his Uncle Aaron. And then, at the same time, he has Spider-B Parker, who basically becomes kind of a surrogate father for him. Yeah. Like a secondary father for him. And, uh, yeah, so it's this young this is young man trying to grow up and learn responsibility and, you know, stepping up to the plate and mm-hmm. not be, like, getting up even when things are hard. Getting up when, be like, when the chips are down to stand up and, you know... You know, take account of what's go- what's going to happen, and be the man you were supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So yeah, be like he, his story arc is incredible, and I hope they do a second one at some point. Well, that is the thing. One of the some of the news stories I read immediately after this movie came out is a second one. I believe has been greenlit. Okay, that makes sense. And they're also looking at making some a, a Spider Gwen movie. Yes, and a couple others. I don't remember. I think Porker was one of them. Oh, that'd be hysterical. I don't that that I don't want. That's the thing. I don't want a full Peter Porker movie. I want shorts. Yes, <laughs> I want animated shorts because Looney Tunes. The concept of Looney Tunes needs to come back into theaters. I'm sorry, it does. Yeah, and unfortunately, Pixar is falling short since they're not putting shorts in front of their movies that often anymore. Yeah. But yeah, that's all I've got for the movie. That's all I've got. Um, would you agree that this is a family friendly movie? Considering it's about family. Yes. In more than one way. Yeah. It's it's about the family you biologically have mm-hmm. and the family you adopt. Exactly. Or interlinked with spiders. Well, if you want to connect back to the original comic, they're all spider tokens. So they all have to band together because they're the only people who really understand. Yeah, exactly. That's the other thing I liked in this movie. It's like, I know is you know after he's seen Uncle Aaron die, yeah, and back in his and he's back in his apartment, yeah, and each of them come back because they know what he's going through because each of them had gone through the exact gone same, through the same thing. thing, yeah. And the only one who doesn't go into anything is Peter Porker because 
that's not really his motif. But yeah, and I like how so many of us like it was my uncle Ben. It was my uncle Benjamin. It's uncle Ben still. <laughs> it was my best friend, when... which was you. <laughs> In another universe. And it was my dad. Well, that's depressing. By the way, your mech that he built's gonna blow up at the end of this. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of like it's like I really hope you can build another mech. Yeah. Based on, I hope you can build another Baymax. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. So uh, yes, right. this movie is very family family friendly. Yes. I'm giving this movie a nine point five for obvious reasons. Yes. Yes, I I completely agree. Yeah. Drew definitely fanboys on this movie. A it's, little, yeah, a little bit. It's. I've tr- I'm trying to be as objective as I can, but I'm honestly. Every time I think I see an issue, I see it's intended and in that it works better than I want to say it does. Right. Like I said, my biggest issue right this is a small technical one due to the fact that I'm watching on a 1080p TV and not on the big screen. Right. Yeah. Well, that's it. I'm going to give it a nine because. One, it's freaking eye candy to, you know, from the first scene to the last scene to the last in credit scene is yes. just eye candy beyond belief. It's it's cinematic gold that if you have not watched this film, please go watch it. Yes. Definitely. Even, yes. Uh, I'm going to say this. Let's say you're not a superhero fan. Yeah. Fine. I understand that. Still go watch this movie because yeah. it is probably one of the most well-crafted movies I agree. I've seen in the last 10, 15 years. I gotcha. Now, uh, I just have to give this warning. Due to the fact that the, the opening title sequence does have a lot of very vibrant, mm-hmm. splash-tacular colors going on at the same time. If you do have uh, epilepsy or something that will cause epilepsy, be like... Be like for me with Tourette's, be like I could feel a little shiver, so it might be very cautionary mm-hmm. to be aware of that. If I can ask, is it just the opening logos, or is it any time they do the glitching? No, it's 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 primarily just the the, the just op- in the opening logo because the, it's so it's so in your face and that's all yeah, you can watch. Pop pop pop. It's, yeah, yeah. Because I was literally sitting in the seat and I just kind of felt just a little tingle going up, and yeah. I was like. Oh, please don't do this. Please don't do this. And be like, Drew, come on, man. <laughs> Give your brother a heads up. <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting there going, huh. Hey, Jacob. Oh, you're already convulsing. Have fun. <laughs> if you, it'll let up in a second. Just hold your horses. <laughs> yeah, don't bite your tongue and don't empty your bladder. I, I was just about to say, hold your tongue. Wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. Mm. You, you give it a second. When you see the comics code of thirty, you'll be fine. <laughs> now, my... I, I'll admit, it's not that's not something I would normally think of because I don't have. Yes. Admittedly, you're the only person I know who actually suffers from this. Yes, and I did not even think about it till I was sitting there next to you. Yes. <laughs> now, mind you, we are not trying to make fun of people who have episode, no. epilepsy at all. I'm only saying this because he's the man is sitting right here, and I know if, if I go too far, he'll just punch me, and then we'll move on. <laughs> uh, and then I'll know not to go that far. <laughs> well, the, the say that I've, you know, kind of a very brief, very brief, 
uh, growing with you know severe ADD, eating dyslexia, and then learning that I had uh, uh, Tourette's disorder mm-hmm. in 2004 that also causes epilepsy, and be like me, it has really bothered me because I know that you know God has put this in my life for a reason, for I can you know trust in Him more, yeah, and not to be like, oh, God put it in my life for be like because He knows I can handle it, which is a complete utter lie. Exactly. So for me, be like, I'm not gonna get offended by it. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, I'm never gonna get offended by someone making a like a Tourette's joke or yeah. or a, a senior joke. But admittedly, joke. I can understand some people will would be sensitive to such things. Yes. So if we have offended, we apologize. Yeah, it was not our intention. Yeah, not intention to offend. Anyway, and, yeah. That brings us to the end of another episode of the Cellcast. Yeah. Which means it's time for us to roll our next movie. This was our 16th review, just so everyone is aware. Oh, wow. In, and I did include live action. No, I didn't. I did not include live action Lion King in that, but I did include the animated one, even though we kind of just shoved that in there. Okay. Just so everyone's aware. In four episodes, we will have to roll a d20 to determine... Where we are on the D6 dice. Ah. Because right now, as it stands, Jacob is on 1, 3, and 5, and I am on 2, 4, and 6. But after episode 20, it is really anyone's ball game. I have 20 different variations of three movies apiece. Yeah. And where we happen to roll on a D20, assuming it doesn't, it's not the same one we've got right now. We may have to do a roll again if that's the case. Could change where we are. Yeah. I could have four, five, six, one, two, three, and you could have one, two, three, or vice versa, or who knows? Hmm. Any weird combination of that matter. Anyway, just that's just so everyone's aware. Hmm. Our movies on the list right now are at number one, the Angry Birds movie. Mm-hmm. New for this week, replacing Spider-Verse, is Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within. Ooh, that's going to be fun. Yes. It's admittedly going to be odd reviewing a flop and then talking about why it's actually pretty good. Yeah. In my opinion. Anyway, number three is The Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. Number four, Summer Wars. Mm-hmm. Number five, Batman, Mask of the Phantasm. Uh-huh. And number six... Lupin the Third, the Castle of Cagliostro. Lupin the Third. So, Jacob, Spider Verse was my movie. Yes, obviously. Yes. <laughs> so that means you, my friend, get to roll. Oh. Please do not roll a two. Four. Four. Summer Wars. All right. So join us next week when we. Do the better version of part two of Digimon <laughs> movie. <laughs> okay. I'm kidding, but that is what that second act of Digimon the movie inspired. Gotcha. It is actually much better, and it's actually very good. And it's been probably about seven years since I've actually seen the movie, but I remember loving it. Right. So, we'll be going into that next week. All right. So, uh, Jacob, where can they find you? You can find me on Facebook at Jacob B. Heron. And also on Facebook, you can find me at Jacob's Daily Art Corner, where you'll find all kinds of shenanigans of drawings, doodles, paintings, ink pieces, random splash art that I may or may not be doing at some point during this week. 
Anyway, where can they find you? They can also find me on Facebook under Drew Dodgen. Also, you can check out my uh, collection of photos at Drew's Photo Bin, which is also a page on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I've got nature shots, mostly. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing uh, wrong with nature. I've got a couple other little art pieces that I thought were interesting. Uh, who knows? I might be trying some other stuff later. We'll see if it ever cools back off. Yeah. Here in Texas, it reached 100 degrees today. While we're both usually used to that for summer heat, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, technically it was 105 today with the heat index. I wasn't counting the heat index. I was counting actual temperature, which technically <laughs> broke 100 today. Yeah. Actually, I think it broke 100 yesterday, too. Or it's saying Top Gun, goodness gracious, great balls of fire. Indeed. So I'll probably, I'm, I am wanting to get out and get some more pictures. This All is, right. I have not had it really, with the heat, I don't want to get out. <laughs> I got you. So where can they find us? You can find us at thecellcast.podbean.com. That is our website. You can find all of our episodes there, which you can also find those episodes on Stitcher, Google Play, and Apple Music. Mm-hmm. Apple Podcasts, not Apple Music. Sorry. <laughs> Technically, it's a different thing. Yeah. Um, you can also email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Or you can join our Facebook group, uh, The Cellcast, where we converse about animation and cartoons and any little odd bit of news that comes across our way that's animated-wise. Or if I draw something related to it. Yes, indeed. But you can also usually find a couple minutes later on Jacob's Daily Art <laughs> Yes, you can. If we're being honest. <laughs> yes, but you generally, can. Generally, I think the Cellcast gets a preview before it goes up. Yeah, most of the time. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, if you want to see his stuff a little early, come there. That's that's where you find early stuff. Yeah. Um, and also, please rate and review on any of, anywhere you found us. Mm-hmm. And please email me when you've done so, so I can give you a shout-out in this part of the show. Yes. I would love to do that, but unfortunately, no one's taken us up on this, as far as I can tell. Eh, give it time. Yeah, you never know. And just to let our l- listeners know that whenever we sell, say, the Cellcast, that's with one L. Indeed. I was going to get to that soon. But I beat you fine. the punch. <laughs> you might as well, because I... I'm rambly tonight. Sorry. <laughs> I'm rambly this morning. <laughs> so uh, I think that's going to be it for us. I think so. All right. So this has been Drew. This is Jacob. And we will catch you in the next next phrase. Because, <laughs> you know, animated on twos. <laughs> it's a stupid joke. It works. <laughs> yes. Even the real Shaggy Rogers couldn't defeat me. You took my family from me. And now. There's a difference between you and me, Dr. Claw. My family's always with me. Hey, ever heard of Scooby Snacks? What? Bam! Hey, Dr. Claw, push the green button for me! Ready, row! Next time on The Cellcast. I 
know I should have mentioned this before, but when you meet my great-grandma, just go along with whatever I say. Okay. What are you gonna say? Mother? What is it? I'm home, Granny! Oh, you came. I missed you so much. Have you been feeling okay? Never better, dear. I was worried. They told me you've been sick. Summer heat, that's all. Stayed out too long in the sun. <sighs> that's a relief. <laughs> mm -hmm. Uh, hello. Remember what I promised? Uh, that's the boy? Yep, Kenji Koiso. Uh, pleased to meet you. Natsuki and I are both in the physics club at school, so when she asked me... <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah, so we're going out. Huh? Going out? What? Yeah. Kenji's my fiancé, actually. What? Fiancé? <gasps> yep. Fiancé. Uh, uh, <sighs> well, then. Uh, so? I brought him home like I said I would. Uh, Natsuki, what the heck is going on? Kenji? Hey, uh-huh. This great-granddaughter of mine is no pushover. Are you man enough to make my Natsuki happy? Huh? Oh, uh, maybe? Uh, well... I'm asking you if you're man enough. Uh, yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, I guess. Man enough to die for her? I... Yes. Lucky girl. <laughs> Here, Natsuki. What is it? Congrats. The morning glory Yukata. <laughs> oh, thank you. Kenji, please enjoy your stay. Uh, I'm very honored to meet you. No, the honor's all mine. Thank you for your hospitality. <laughs>